um, can have this opportunity to sit and listen to your word. And I just pray uh, that it's not about any one person in this room, but it's only about your son, Jesus. God, that you would open our hearts, that you would open our eyes, and that you would move our hearts, uh, God, uh, closer to you. And uh, thank you so much that we have the privilege and the blessing of being here. It's so great to be here with family. Uh, and God, we want to honor your name. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give it up for our band? All right. Well, it's great to be together. I uh, really love the 9 a.m. service, and uh, I just think there's something special about getting here early and hearing the word of God. Can I get an amen? And so it's great to be here, and uh, I just have one question. Are you ready for the word? I said, are you ready for the word? And uh, I want to speak to you today from Acts chapter 3 for the second installment of our series called Threads. Everybody say Threads. And uh, today we're going to see that when you stretch beyond what you think you're capable to do, that's where God meets you, and that's where he shows you who you can become. And uh, Peter did a great job last week covering our first two core values. Uh, We talked about Jesus as the center and progress over perfection. And uh, today I get to unveil three more of our core values, and uh, I'm excited about it. And so we're going to look in Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. If you didn't know what that means, he says, At three in the afternoon they were going up to pray in the temple. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. It's like when teens ask me to buy them something, I I tell them, look at me. Does it look like I have any money? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Quick life principle, uh, if you will give God your attention, he will always exceed your expectation. And I wonder if God has your attention today. He wants to do great things, but I wonder if he has your attention. It goes on in verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. What he was wanting was something so temporary, something that would only last that day. But Peter Peter says, what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet And began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking. Then he took it a step higher, and he started jumping. And then he took it another step higher, and praising God. Verse 9, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit. Don't get too used to who I am right now. Don't get too used to who I am right now because I'm on my way somewhere. I'm in a metamorphosis. I'm in a transformation. 
I'm not going to be like this for very long because God has taken me from glory to glory. He's taken me from strength to strength by his spirit. Come on, somebody. They recognize him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called beautiful. That means he looked the same, but he wasn't the same. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. See, what had happened was, uh, what had happened to him. I want to announce my title of this message for week two of our series, and I want to use it as a declaration, okay? And so I want everybody to high-five seven people. You're going to high-five seven people and tell them, you're going to tell them, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Amen. Let's go ahead and have a seat. Go ahead and get down with it. Get down with it. You know, isn't it funny how I'm up for it, how I'm up for it and I'm down with it basically mean the same thing, right? Two different people in this passage that we can focus on. We can focus on the pair of Peter and John who were up, or we can focus on the beggar who was down. And yet on any given day, we all find ourselves in each position, don't we? There's going to be some times where I get to stretch my hand to someone and help them. And there are going to be those other times where I need to look up and I need somebody else to stretch out their hands and help me do what I can't do for myself. So I don't know if you're up or down today, but when you leave here, you're going to be up for it. You're going to be up for it. Everybody say, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. And uh, I want to do a little bit of teaching uh, because the book of Acts has to be understood in its context if it's going to be applied correctly in our lives. And... Um, it's an amazing book that shows the spread of the gospel from Jerusalem with just a few people all the way to Rome, now touching the world. But in order for the gospel to spread, the disciples had to stretch. Two things are happening, I believe, simultaneously in your life at any given time in any given season. And that is that God is always trying to grow his kingdom and stretch your mindset, stretch your imagination, stretch your faith. So God has a dual purpose, you might say, for anything that we go through. He wants to expand his kingdom, expand his purpose, expand his presence. God is all about expansion, and the church should be too. It's not a church if we just do it for us. It's a club. If you're going to be a church, then you got to have an outstretched hand. you got to have a mind to spread the gospel. But for God's purpose to spread, people must stretch. The only reason we would even have a church is because of people who stretched. Yeah, I'll give above and beyond. Yeah, I'll serve. Yeah, I'll pray. People who stretch themselves because the growth is always in the stretch. And you won't get any bigger if you don't challenge yourself. 
So the book of Acts gives us a picture of how the church expanded from being this small little sect of Judaism to becoming even now in our modern time this message that covers the earth, yet at the same time the Bible shows us how the people who carried the presence of God into new places were stretched in the process. Their faith was stretched as the gospel went forth. You know, I've heard people say before, I would have loved to follow Jesus when he walked the earth. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure you would have liked it because Jesus was constantly stretching those who dared to follow him. Hey, you give them something to eat. Well, uh, you didn't tell us to pack any lunch. And uh, there's 20,000 people, Jesus. If you would have given us enough time, then we could have met your expectation. He was always putting his disciples in situations they weren't prepared for so that they could experience his power. It's called a stretch. You with me? It asks the question, if I'm not being stretched spiritually, then am I really following Jesus? If I'm not being stretched in my faith, then am I really following Jesus? In my own life, it's been the times of the heaviest demand where I've discovered the deepest supply. And sometimes, you, for you to understand just how deep your supply is running in God, you have to have a demand that's put on you that you think is more than you can bear. That's what was happening in Acts chapter 3. Because Peter and John were together when Jesus called them. They were in business together, and now Jesus has left them in physical form, but his spirit has now come down. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 gives us the pattern of the book of Acts. It says that Jesus promised them the Holy Spirit. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this thing is going to spread. But for it to spread, they had to stretch. Everybody say stretch. stretch. For the purpose of God to spread, the people of God, we must stretch our faith. Yet the Bible does something so interesting that instead of describing for us how the gospel went forth. The scripture demonstrates how the gospel went forth. Usually, a demonstration is better than a description. Can I get an amen? amen? Let me break that down more. Your kids will do what you show them more than what you tell them. And so I'm saying that instead of God just giving us a description of his love, he gives us a demonstration of his love. For God so loved the world he gave his only son. And on the cross, he was demonstrating what he had declared, that I love you. Because without a demonstration, a declaration is empty. It doesn't matter what you say if you don't show it. So now Peter and John have to put into practice the power that they claimed to receive the Holy Spirit. Like, just like you do when you go to school. 
Just like you do when you go to work. You have to practice what you profess. And so they're, gonna, they're going to church and they come across this dude. And I wonder how many people had walked by this man before Peter and John had came upon him. I wonder how many people stepped over this guy on their way to church. How many people ignored the need while they were focused on themselves? Did you know that your greatest potential for a miracle might be in the form of something that you're stepping over? Something that you're ignoring right now? What if the biggest miracle that God wants to perform in your life is in the form of something that you are stepping over? You wake up in the morning and you step over your time with God. And God has a miracle for you. If you would just stop and stretch out your hands to him. You know, I want to break this text down into two scenes. And they both start with the letter P. I'm looking out for you. And uh, I'm helping you remember. And uh, within these two scenes that I want to break down, we're going to find our three core values that I want to share about this morning. And I want to first talk about the partnership. The partnership. And the core value that I want to talk about, our next core value, is mutual submission. Everybody say mutual submission. Mutual submission. It asks this question, how are you embracing humility in your one another relationships? Because the Bible says that one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple together. Everybody say together. together. It's important conjunction when it says Peter and John. Peter and John. I wonder who is on the other side of your and. I wonder who is on the other side of your and, and what difference is that making in your life? Reynolds and probably your wife, Jeroni. She's awesome. I wonder who is on the other side of your end, and what difference is that making in your life? You see, because Peter was really good at speaking, wasn't he? Peter had, he had a little bit of a loud mouth problem, and he was really good at speaking, right? But John was really strong in a solid, steady way. John was more laid back, but he was also the only one who stayed while Jesus was hanging on the cross. They were fishermen, and, and, but, but when Peter and John raced to the tomb, because they kind of had this competitive thing, because before they were following Jesus, they were in business together. They were in business together. And uh, after Jesus had called them, they stayed in business together, but they were fishing in a different pond, if you know what I mean. They were fishermen, but they started fishing for men. And sometimes God wants to use the skills that you have, but he wants to put them to a different use. He doesn't want to change your skill set. He just wants to put you doing something different with it that will make a difference. So Peter is bold, but John is steady, and they need each other. They need each other. So they go out two by two. Jesus always sent them two by two. It's the power of the dynamic duo. Peter and John need each other. And they race to the tomb after they heard Jesus had risen. Peter got there second. 
but he went in first. John got there to the tomb first, but he stayed on the outside. Some people in life are more cautious. They stay on the outside, but it doesn't mean that they don't care. Some people rush right in and they create situations. But you need somebody staying on the outside, on the lookout, while he goes on the inside. You see, we need each other. It's the power of partnership. You gotta teach this in marriage or I will start to resent the part of you that God put in you to make me what I'm supposed to be. And I will only surround myself throughout my life with people who make me feel comfortable but never challenge me in the areas where I need to grow. And I don't know what it is. I think we resist being in one another relationships where there's mutual submission. Some of us, it's, it's stuff that happened a long time ago that we need to let go of. Because you need to understand this fact right here. Correction is not an indictment, it's an investment. And some of you feel like every time you're corrected or somebody speaks into your life, you feel like you're put on the spot. You feel like you're being attacked. But what if all they wanna do is invest in you and help you become what you're supposed to be in Jesus? Correction is not an indictment, it's an investment. I think it's cool that Peter and John chose to go up together because they were so different, but something about them knew that for their partnership to be effective, their differences had to remain intact. Their dynamic was their differences. So I just want to let you know, you need to quit fighting people and let them in. You need to quit fighting people to try to, try to get them to be like you and start learning from them what you can that you may not be able to see yourself. Listen, they don't have to share your perspective to share your purpose. We want the same thing, but we come at it different ways, and we need that in our lives. Can I get an amen? amen. Kobe needed Shaq. Shaq needed Kobe. Peanut butter needs jelly. But you got to think about the dynamic of differences. It's a partnership. Everybody say partner. Everybody turn to the person next to you, say, I need you. And you need me. And you need me. We're better together. You see, this man in the passage had some partners, too. The lame man, he also had some partners. Peter and John were partners, and we all need the right partners in our life, but the man had partners, too. Look at verse 2. It says, um, now a man who was lame from birth. And Peter and John come up on this guy, and I kind of wonder, you know, if Peter hadn't been there, would they have had the boldness to help this man? If Peter hadn't been there, I wonder if John would have had the boldness to stop and help this man. But if John hadn't been there, would they have had the compassion to stop? Because maybe Peter would have been in such a hurry to get where he was going, and maybe John would have been a little bit timid to speak up, but together they saw a miracle. I said together they saw a miracle, okay? And maybe that's why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, again, Jesus says, I truly tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. If two of you will get together, if we will bring our differences together for a purpose, we can accomplish some amazing things. 
And together they saw some amazing things. Because this man, it says, going back to Acts chapter 3, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried. He didn't carry himself. This guy had some partners too. He was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. I heard, a, I heard a quote this week that this guy had an ugly condition, but he was in a beautiful place. And I think that's how we feel at church a lot of times. Like if you only knew what was going on. That we feel unworthy to enter this place. I mean, this guy couldn't even enter where everybody else would go because of his condition. And it says that he was put there, he was carried there where he was put every day to beg. He was put there every day to beg. Now, if he was put there, that means he has to have some people who transported him. So he has some friends that were willing to help him, but they could only do so much for him. This is our next core value. It's under this idea of partnership that life is better connected. It's our belief that we need to be in community, that we need to be in community groups, going through life together. And it centers around this importance of community because we really believe the people you surround yourself with have the power to position you in the presence of God. Now your community group isn't going to solve all your problems. They're not supposed to. But I wonder if the people in your life are putting you in a position to experience the power of God. They could do so much, and they did the best thing they could do for him. They put him in the place where they could, where this man could come into contact with followers of Jesus. If he did anything right, he knew where to position himself. That's the power of being in community. Not that these people are going to be your savior. Not that they're going to solve all your issues, but the, the but plan, the idea of it is that it would take you into a place where you can experience God and get the help that you need through him. It's possible that you have some people and partners in your life right now who have taken you as far as they can take you. And it doesn't mean they're bad people. These people helped their friend as much as they could, but they could only get him so far. You know, regardless of how much he appreciated those partners, he needed some new partners because there comes a point where you got to get past getting help and you got to get determined to get healed. You got to get determined to get healed, and sometimes people's help gets in the way of our healing. Sometimes people who are really trying to help us, they drop us off, but they can only take us so far. Peter and John come, and the man wants one thing, and I won't even stop. I don't have enough time to talk about how God will use one desire to lead you to your destiny. But they're not even the same thing, and the man expects some money, but instead he gets a miracle. This guy was asking for spare change, and instead he got some life change, right? And so it happened when he hooked up with the right partners. In fact, though, it doesn't say that John helped at all. Isn't that kind of funny? What are you doing, John? Well, why, why is Peter doing all the work? It said Peter reached out his hand and picked the man up. John was the silent partner. And thank God for all the silent partners. 
Thank God for the people who don't always have to say something. You know what I mean? (laughs) And all the people who don't have to tell you, I got your back, because you already know they have your back. And thank God for all the partners in this church that, that, that might not stand on stage, they may not play a guitar, they, they don't make a big fuss, but they're back there and they're out there and Peter couldn't preach if John wasn't there. Thank God for the silent partners. It's a partnership. Don't you realize that your very relationship with God is a partnership? God says, I want to expand my kingdom, so I'm gonna stretch your faith. And I'm, as I'm stretching your faith, I mean, this was Peter's first time doing this on his own. Do you think he was a little bit like, I hope you come through, God. I hope something happens here. I mean, he had done it before, but Jesus was there for him to report back to. But now the coach has left the field. And now i got to stretch. Peter stretched his hand, and the Bible says that when he did, when he stretched his hand, when he did something that he didn't know if he could do in a situation that seemed beyond repair, I love this. It says that taking him by the right hand, did you know that the right hand represents authority? Did you know that? The right hand represents, this is my left hand, the right hand represents authority. For all this man's life, his paralysis had authority over his life. His problems had authority in his life telling him what he could do and what he couldn't do, telling him where he could go and where he couldn't go. But Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In fact, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So when you connect your problem with God's power and authority, you gotta claim healing in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say, there's power in the name of Jesus. You see, all this man had ever known is defeat. That's all he ever had known. For some of you, all you have ever known is what your parents did growing up. For some of you, all you have ever known are your deficiencies and your problems. That's all you've ever known. But God is giving this man a different kind of way to get up. We all have quick fixes that we rely on and all kinds of dependencies that we've created in our lives to establish some version of stability. But Peter gave this man a lift. He said, get up. In fact, he said, walk. Walk. I don't got money, bro, but walk. And when the man figured out what was going on, because you got to think when Peter first starts pulling in on him, you know, when Peter starts pulling on him, you know, he's going, wait a minute, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I'm going to sue you for everything you got with your broke self. (laughs) Got no spare change to give me. But while Peter is pulling, the man starts to feel something in his legs. He starts to feel some strength happening. And the Bible says that his immediate immediate response was to start dancing. Now, I can't dance. And I'm not going to try to imitate this guy. I don't know what kind of dance he was doing, but he did what he could. 
He started walking and leaping and praising God and shouting, and the people were so amazed that they came running. We got to find out what happened in the temple court. Uh, We've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this before. Man, that's what I wanted to tell you is that when you finally decide to give everything and surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you know what you're going to say about yourself and others are going to affirm about you? We've never seen anything like this before. I've never seen somebody change like this. Now, you would think everybody would be happy for the man, right? But the man finds himself caught up in a conflict. He is the center of a controversy because the Jewish leaders are really afraid that what Peter and John are preaching and teaching is going to challenge their way of doing religion. And anytime you challenge a system, there's always going to be resistance. And so they throw Peter and John in jail, but before they throw them into jail, I mean, they look at, they're, they're honoring God and they get thrown into jail. But before they throw him in the jail, I want to show you something that, that shocked me. And uh, Peter decided to seize the occasion of, of, of this healing to preach about Jesus. What do you do with your opportunities that you have? Because I'll show you what Peter did. It says in verse 11, while the man held on to Peter and John, All the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. Did you catch it? No, you didn't. You see, all I could ever focus on was that the people came running. But you know what I missed? Look at this. While the man held on to Peter and John. Never saw it before. How did I miss that? Because the question that it raises is if he had the ability now to leap, then why is he still leaning on them in verse 11? If the guy could now walk and leap and and, and dance, then why is he still leaning on Peter and John? You want to know why? Come on, you want to know why? Okay. Because his mentality hadn't caught up with his reality yet. Isn't that true of us? Even though we've been forgiven by Jesus, we still live in guilt every day. Even though you've experienced the, the new life that Jesus wants to give you, you still stay stuck in the same addictions. But you've got to grab that right hand of authority and claim in Jesus' name, I am healed. Come on, somebody. His feet were stronger than his mind, and I'm thinking, wait, he's leaping in one verse and he's leaning in another Don't we also go through life leaping and leaning, right? You might be leaping today, but if I could catch you at 3 p.m. tomorrow, you might be leaning. And I want to ask you, what are you leaning on that you don't need anymore? What are you leaning on that you don't need anymore? Now, it might be a person. It might be a substance. It might be a pattern of negativity. It might be a way of dealing with things or people. It might be a habit. You see, what happened was he got healed instantly. It says in verse 7, and let's back up just one more time. In verse 7, look at what it says here. It says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Everybody say, became. 
that means it just happened. Can I tell you what happened when you gave your life to Jesus? You became a new creation. The old was gone. The new has come. You became. But if you go another verse, it says that he, he jumped to his feet and began. Everybody say began. Began. That means he was just getting started. And now the stretch is, can my mind catch up with my feet? Can my attitude catch up with my new reality? I want to end this message really briefly. I got about two minutes left to talk about the prop. The prop. And our, and our fifth core value is that we believe in multiplying it asks this question, how are you using your story to bring people into a relationship with Jesus? You see, because this man is holding on to Peter and John, and he's propping himself up on Peter and John. But you know what's interesting? Peter doesn't seem to mind. In fact, he said, well, if you're going to hang around here, I'm going to put you to use. You're going to earn your keep, man. So when Peter started preaching, it says that he used the paralyzed man as a prop as a prop. Who is using who? We got the man using Peter and John to prop himself up. We got Peter using the man as a sermon illustration to say, look at what God has done. How are you using your story to bring people into relationship with Jesus? Are people pointing at your life and going, look at what God has done? God said, I want to prop you up so that people can see your life and point to me and give me praise. The man said, I'm not sure about all this yet. i got to lean on you for a little while. But Peter said, as long as you're standing around, I'm going to use you as a sermon illustration. In verse 12, it says this. i got 20 seconds. When Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What's he doing? He's giving God props. He's giving God props. He's giving God the praise. Come on, can we give God some praise right now for propping you up where you lean, for strengthening you where you are weak? All the man had to do was hold on and stay positioned. He was leaning on them because, watch this, I know I can, I know I can walk, but where do I go next? I never, never, never could walk before, and I don't know where to go. So guys, now that you got me into this, can I hang, can I hang with you for a little while? Because all I ever knew before I met you was laying down at the gate. I wanted to preach this message to somebody who feels like you're still leaning when you should be leaping. All you got to do is grow in grace. All you got to do is grow in God. And to grow in God is to hang with the one who healed you. Hang with the one who healed you. That's God's spiritual growth plan. Hang with the one who healed you. Hey, guys, I don't know what's next, so can I hang with you? And Peter said, yeah, actually, if you're going to hang out, though, then you can be my sermon illustration. I'm going to use you as a prop. And did you know that the Bible says that over 2,000 people were baptized into Jesus that day when Peter finished preaching? Not because Peter preached so good. Maybe because of that man. Maybe because of his story. 
maybe because of that prop, God wants to use you to lead others to him. Jesus was so simple when he called people. He said, follow me. Follow me. And I'll show you what you can never become on your own. I will unleash the potential in your life to show you who you can become. And so, we want to be connected in mutual submission. How are you connecting and being humble in a one another relationship? Are you getting connected in your small group? Are you there or are you just, are you, are you giving or are you just there? And how are you using your story to point Jesus, people to Jesus? And I want to ask that you would bow your head as we pray for the communion. God, thank you for uh, this time. Thank you for this message. Thank you for the example that we see in scripture here. And God, we just want to see your power. We want people to look at our lives and, and, and we have no other explanation, but man, look at what God has done. And I just ask that today that we could identify the things that we are leaning on so that we can move on from those things and we can start jumping and praising you. But some of us have yet to praise you or we've gone back to leaning on something. And I just pray that in the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus' name that you would set free and that you would break chains in this room right now so that we can be everything that you want us to be, so that we could follow Jesus for reals. God, we love you. We want to honor your name. We want to experience your power in our life. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Again, I want to just thank everybody for being here today. And, uh, you know, on your way out, I know that we have just a few minutes to kind of hang out and fellowship and talk after service. But if you would just kind of grab somebody by the hand and pray with them before you go, and maybe you can just share with them, what do you feel like you've been leaning on that you don't need anymore? What are you leaning on? And I know that's a little deep and personal, but uh, we're family. Amen? And uh, what are you leaning on that you don't need anymore? Take some time just to pray for a few minutes. And uh, again, we have about 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so before we got to make way for our next service. But enjoy those 15 minutes. Enjoy this beautiful day. Love you guys. You are dismissed. Thank you.